0: Jesus came into my heart, 375, as we get started tonight. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy on my soul like the sea billows roll, since Jesus came into my heart. I have ceased from my wandering and going astray Since Jesus came into my heart And my sins which were many are all washed away Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart heart. Floods of joy on oh, my soul like the sea below's wall. Since Jesus came into my heart, there's a light of death now for me. Since Jesus came into my heart, and the gates of the city beyond I can see. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy on my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, on that last 375 I shall go there to dwell in that city I know Since Jesus came into my heart And I'm happy, so happy as onward I go Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Bloods of joy on my soul, like the sea billows roll, since Jesus came into my heart. And let's turn over to 418. Brother Franz started teaching us this song. Those of you that don't know it, Faith is the Victory, 418. ¶ Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise ¶¶ And press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing sky ¶¶ Against the failing fails below, let all our strength be heard ¶¶ Strength is a victory we know that overcomes a world ¶ Faith is a victory, faith is a victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes a world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road, the saints have trod the sense of triumph trod. By faith they like a whirlwind's breath swept on o'er every field. The faith by which they conquered death is still our shining shield faith. Is a victory, faith is a victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. On every heaven, the foe we find drawn up in dread array. Let tents of ease be left behind, and onward to the fray. Salvation's helmet on each head With truth all girt about The earth shall tremble neath our tread And echo with our shout Faith is a victory, faith is a victory oh glorious victory that overcomes a world To him that overcomes the foe, white raiment shall be given. Before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven. Then onward from the hills of light, our hearts with love aflame will vanquish all the hosts of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is a victory, faith is a victory Oh, glorious victory that overcomes a worm. And let's try 330 Boy, we've got a, quite a little choir section right here in the middle 330 Why should he love me so? beautiful song. Pay attention to the words as we sing. Love sent my Savior to die in my stead. Why should he love me so? Meekly to Calvary's cross he was led. Why should he love me so? Why should he love me so? Why should he love me so? Why should my Savior to Calvary go? Why should he love me so? Nails pierced his hands and his feet for my sin. Why should he love me so? He suffered, for my salvation to win. Why should He love me so? Why should He love me so? Why should He love me so? Why should my Savior to Calvary go? Why should He love me so? Oh, how he agonized there in my place. Why should he love me so? Nothing withholding my sin to efface. Why should he love me so? Why should he love me so? Why should he? so why should my savior to calvary go why should he love me so amen let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you for this night and this opportunity to be together around your word we ask you to bless each part of the service that you may be honored and glorified in it Lord, we ask you to do your work in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated and take just a few minutes. Uh, I uh, forgot to put this in the bulletin Sunday, but uh, uh, our first street fair is this coming Sunday, and uh, we'll get all that information to you Sunday morning. Uh, Brother Ted is going to uh, watch the booth during our Sunday school time and then the shawls, their service uh, will finish just about the time that uh, our morning worship begins and they're going to go and watch the booth then and then we'll need some uh, uh, extra help on Sunday afternoon if you'd like to pass out tracts and, and uh, just walk through the street fair and uh, believe it or not, we've been... Uh, working at such a pace, I can't even remember where the street fair is. I think it's on Steinway Street, but I'm not sure. Uh, so uh, as soon as we get that, uh, we'll have it all for you Sunday, and it shouldn't be, uh, it, it is definitely local right here in Astoria somewhere, and so uh, we'll work all that out. Keep us in prayer. The ceiling guys are coming down early tomorrow morning again. And hopefully, the second half of the ceiling in the basement will be put up before Sunday. And uh, in order for that to happen, there's quite a few uh, little things that need to be accomplished. And uh, we just ask that you would keep that in prayer, uh, that we wouldn't get uh, tied up uh, doing little, the little tiny jobs that take so much time and not get the big job finished, if you know what I mean. So just pray about that, if you would. And uh, because of the street fair on Sunday, we won't have our regular uh, visitation on Saturday. Uh, We'll give you the day off Saturday, so uh, make some plans with your family or whatever and relax there Saturday afternoon. And uh, men, if you got any extra time, uh, show up, we'll put you to work, all right? And uh, give you a nice break. Uh, It's like my grandfather used to do he said, uh, he said, it's Sunday afternoon. My grandfather was not saved until uh, uh, just a week before he died. But uh, he said, it's t- I need to relax. He said, I've been in the coal mines all week. And he said, I'm going to get a hoe, and I'm going to go out and weed a couple acres of corn and relax. And uh, so uh, we'll see how that works. We'll put up a few hundred ceiling tile, hopefully uh, uh, Saturday afternoon and, and get that put together down there and uh, Sunday of course is the anniversary service uh, for the uh, uh, Iglesia Baptista International however you say that properly in Spanish Uh, that's fairly close Uh, this will be uh, what is it nine years for them 1997 to 2006 that does work out to be nine doesn't it okay and uh, so uh, uh, pray with them that they'll have uh, a good Sunday And also uh, we'll be having a special treat uh, Bob Mack and Becky and, and uh, Bobby and Marilyn And Morgan Lee and little Lucian uh, They'll all be with us, the whole family And uh, Brother Bob's going to be preaching for us uh, Sunday morning This is their last stop uh, They have finished furlough and uh, they usually try to plan a couple of days here in New York City uh, before they head to Africa, and so they're coming in uh, tomorrow night, and they'll be with us through next Thursday uh, afternoon or morning and just visiting with us, but uh, we wanted to take advantage of this opportunity, let Brother Mac preach Sunday morning, and so uh, just uh, we'll, we'll look forward to, hearing from them, and of course, he's going to do the Sunday school as well. He's going to tell us, just give us an update. Uh, Things have not really been going well in Ivory Coast. And uh, in fact, when they return, they're not even going to be able to live in Ivory Coast, in the town they're ministering because of the civil unrest. And uh, Lord willing, after... He explains all this to us. We'll be able to pray just a little more intelligently for the for the Mac family, and uh, they'll be uh, leaving uh, by the, by this time next week. They're going to be on their way to Africa. Now, most of us, uh, some of you that come from other countries, far flung, different climates, and all that, you understand just a little bit the difference uh, that that uh, they're going to be going through. Uh, everything changing and and all of that Uh, they said they only have two seasons in Ivory Coast one's hot the other's hotter and uh, so uh, you uh, uh, pray for them if you would and uh, we'll be looking forward to them coming in let's sing one more song this may be a new song to some of you 163 I will sing of my Redeemer 163 I will sing of my Redeemer And His wondrous love to me On the cruel cross He suffered From the curse to set me free Sing, O sing of my Redeemer With His blood He purchased me on the cross, He sealed my pardon, paid that debt, and made me free. I will tell the wondrous story how my lost is stayed to save. In His boundless love and mercy, He the ransom freely gave. Sing, O sing of my Redeemer, With His blood He purchased me. On the cross He pleaded my pardon, Paid that hand and made me free. I will praise my dear Redeemer, his and power I tell How the victory He giveth Over sin and death and hell Sing, O oh, sing of my Redeemer With His blood He purchased me On the cross He sealed my pardon Pay the debt and make me free. I will sing of my Redeemer and his heavenly love to me. He from death to life hath brought me Son of God with him to be. Sing, O oh, sing of my Redeemer. With his blood, he purchased me. On the cross, he sealed my pardon, paid the debt and made me free. Amen. You may be seated. And take your Bibles, if you would, once again, back to the book of Hebrews. Back to the book of Hebrews, and, and uh, if you would, uh, just before we forget, uh, before we get into the Bible study, uh, keep Anne in prayer. She's had to uh, travel out to Pennsylvania to be with her daughter, and, and uh, some things going on there, so pray for Anne, if you would. And uh, let's just start in verse 1. If you need an outline, uh, wave your hand. I think we have some extras there in the back. And um, the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the firstborn into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers, a flame of fire. We're going to just stop right there. And uh, we have been in this passage quite a few weeks—six weeks. This is our sixth time to look at the book of Hebrews, and uh, we are uh, have worked through uh, almost uh, the most of the first four verses and, and most of verse five. Um, Again, what we've done is we've we've been introduced to the fact that God has given His revelation to us as human beings. We do not have the ability. We do not have uh, the perception. We do not have the understanding. To know about God on our own, if God does not reveal Himself to us, we have really no way of finding anything out about God other than the fact He exists. And uh, the question I like to ask when anybody brings all of that stuff up about how we understand God and perceive God and all of this, is just, what do you know about God? that you have not learned by reading in the pages of this book called the Bible. Now, we read in in Romans chapter 1, and in the first chapter it tells us that the whole world is without excuse because the invisible things of God can be seen in the creation. I was having a discussion uh, with Nathaniel over here about evolution. And... uh, talking about all the things that are in there, the whole creation screams design. Everything we look at, it just demands that there be a designer. Yet, we would not know anything about him, about his nature, about who he is, what God does, except the fact that he has revealed himself to us. The greatest revelation is the person of Jesus Christ. And God is, is, is really, um, the author of the book of Hebrews is, is, as we started last week, comparing all of these things, and, and you'll find every false religion in these comparisons. The first comparison, we got started on it as it compares Jesus to the angels. There are many religions out there that uh, will downplay the words of this Bible, will say, well, an angel showed up and gave me this revelation, therefore the Bible's been replaced. There are several different groups like that. The Mormons, Islam falls into that category. Um, uh, Let's see, who else? Um, uh, Oh, yeah, Sung Young Moon said that Jesus appeared to him and said, can you straighten out the mess I made? I failed. I want you to fix it. And uh, made a really poor choice because uh, Sun Yung doesn't even know how to do his taxes properly. He couldn't stay out of jail. Uh, You know, I think the Lord would have a little better taste than that, don't you? Uh, If you think I'm, if you wonder if I'm being sarcastic, I am, amen? we look at this, and and he compares Jesus to the angels, being made so much better than the angels. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus was created and that he was formed and that he was better uh, made better than the angels in a process. It means he's already there. He already had everything in his person. His being was so much better, and we went through um, Acts, I mean, Psalm chapter 2 is where we spent the most of our, our time last week as we went through that chapter. And and there are certain other prophecies in Samuel and First Chronicles uh, where it goes through. And there was a prophecy given unto David where God said to David, He said, This day have I begotten thee, you're your my son. And the prophecy is actually fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, yet God took David, the man after his own heart, amen, and put on his throne Solomon after him, and yet we do know that the descendants of David fell into sin and disobedience against God, and God had to remove the entire nation of Israel out of their land, and they were in Babylon for 70 years, and then they went back. They were removed again in 70 A.D. by the Romans. And in 1948, they went back. Coincidence, right? No. You know, I love the fact that we meet in an old synagogue, amen? Because the whole counsel of God, our Bible is a Jewish book. In fact, we're studying the book of what? Hebrews. And uh, this puts the whole Bible together. If we did not have Hebrews chapter 1, Psalm chapter 2 would be just a nice psalm. But now that we have Hebrews chapter 1, we understand that Jesus Christ is the theme of that psalm, and everything that is about that psalm is about the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, in verse 6, it says, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, Let all the angels of God worship him. What is the writer of Hebrews talking about here? Let's turn to Luke chapter 2, amen? Luke chapter 2. Verse six it says, And so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will to men. Right here we have what was going on in Hebrews chapter 1, when he bringeth his first begotten into the world. It says that he had all the angels worship Him. Now, that word worship is really important. You will find the word worship used incredibly sparingly in your Bible. In fact, the only time that it is ever used in a positive sense is when it is connected to the person of God Himself. You look through the book of Revelation and there's Uh, at least twice there where John is just so overwhelmed with what Jesus is revealing to him and what he is seeing that he falls down to worship the angel that is standing in front of him and explaining these things and that angel has to rebuke him twice. See, thou do it not. He said, I am not to be worshipped, only God. And yet right here, It says, in comparing Jesus with the angels, it says, when he bringeth in the first forgotten into the world. Now, the wording there is interesting because Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem's manger, amen? Because if he did, he isn't God. Because God does not begin and God does not end. He took upon him human flesh. That's why it says when he brought in the first begotten. And we'll get that phrase in just a little bit. He says, and let all the angels of God worship him. If that doesn't tell you who Jesus Christ is, uh, then you're not listening. Amen? I mean, you just don't You just don't want to hear what the Bible says. It is just so absolutely clear. There is no comparison between Jesus and the angels. He cannot be overridden by new revelation that comes in because He is the object of our worship. And so, as we look at this, in verse 7 it says, And of the angels, He saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, I'm sorry, here. Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And we have several uh, different places. Uh, How many of you remember the story of Balaam? That was the dumb prophet that had the smart donkey, right? And uh, God sent an angel to stand in the way because Balaam's heart was against God. His mouth said everything right, but you read the book of Judah; and it'll tell you what was going on in Balaam's heart. Balaam was seeking after the, the merchandise and the property and the gain of this world. And God put an angel in the way. But Balaam couldn't see the angel because the angel... A spirit. Only after God opened his eyes that he could see beyond what we as human beings normally see and perceive. Then Balaam got scared and he said, I'll go home. And uh, you better be careful because God let Balaam go because Balaam had already judged himself and rebelled against God. You know, sometimes God will just let you go. And let me tell you something. Be glad. Just be really glad you can't see everything that's going on around us. Amen? I've heard a lot of people sing songs uh, and talk about, I saw an angel standing there and, and all of this different thing. But you look through your Bible every time somebody sees an angel. There's one word that's always attached to it it's called fear Uh, and sometimes I wonder this is just totally free but uh, some of these people tripping out on psychedelic drugs sometimes I don't wonder if they just don't uh, alter their perception just a little bit and able to see into some of these things that God never designed human beings to see into and one of the reasons why they have so many problems and talk about all these horrible things sometimes uh... there's been more than one story of somebody on drugs talking about seeing horrible monsters and beasts all around them and and jumping out of windows and actually killing themselves in different things and i'll I'll tell you you look through the bible and that's a whole lot in keeping with what people do it says, Who maketh his ministers a flame of fire. How many of you remember the story of Manoah in the book of Judges, Samson's father? Uh, the angel appeared to, to his wife and says, You're going to have a son, and that son's going to be a special son, and he's going to be a Nazarite from his mother's womb. You're not allowed to touch anything, uh, uh, grapes or or anything of the vine whatsoever. You're not allowed to drink grape juice. You're not allowed to eat raisins. You're not allowed to do that. It, And neither will your son be able to do that. You're going to order his life according to uh, this thing we understand as the Nazarite vow from the Bible from the moment he was born. Now, Manoah, being a good man, when the directions were given to the woman, he said, That's not good enough. i got to hear myself. And so they went and they asked the angel to come and to... Here and the angel came back and Manoah heard the directions and and the angel said everything I told her that's what you're supposed to do and he said well can we offer an offering and the angel said if you're going to offer an offering you're going to offer it unto God not unto me it's all connected but as they offered the offering how many people remember the story what did the angel do the angel ascended to heaven in the flame of the offering. Why? Because he maketh his minister spirits. It says, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Read the book of Ezekiel. Uh, boy, I mean, there's some stuff in the book of Ezekiel. Wow. Uh, but it said the appearance was of, as of lightning, as these beings, these three beings would... Uh, they, they only went straight forward, but somehow they circumnavigated the entire globe in a matter of seconds because before he saw them go out of sight, here they were coming again. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He said their appearance was as lightning. When Adam and Eve sinned and he put them out of the garden and gave that angel a flaming sword that turned every which way. Star Wars hasn't come up with anything. They got lightsabers, yeah. What a joke. This is a flaming sword that turns every direction all by itself. Uh, you don't even need to fight with it. It does it all for you. I mean, God knows what he's doing, amen? And our, our filthy little imaginations, they don't come close to the truth. It's already revealed here in this book called the Bible. Now, we've got two more verses with angels. Let's go to verse 13 and 14. And we'll, we'll try to get through the comparison to the angels. But to which of the angels saith he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not ministering all ministering spirits set forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation now let's turn to psalm 110 let's turn to psalm 110 and the writer of the book of hebrews was someone who was well acquainted with the jewish scripture because he's quoted out of psalm 104 we actually skip that psalm 104 and verse 4 says uh um Let's just get there and read that verse real quick. Psalm 104, 4. It says, Who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers, a flame, a flaming fire. And then we come over to Psalm chapter 110, and we're going to just read the whole psalm here. Uh, you'll notice in the title up there, it says, A Psalm of David. And it says, The Lord said unto my Lord. Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now, does anybody else remember who else quoted this verse in the Bible other than the writer of the book of Hebrews? Okay, we got one. Anybody else? The Lord Jesus Christ, wasn't it? When he was arguing with the Pharisees, they were asking him, "Uh, what authority do you do these things? Jesus had come into the temple and He had kicked out all of their uh, uh, people who were selling the sacrifices. His his greatest condemnation for the last three and a half years of his ministry had been to those Pharisees and those lawyers. They had sat at the dinner table with him as he upbraided him and condemned them for their uh, hypocrisy and their false religion. They finally thought they might get him. They said... Where does your authority come from? You see, they knew one thing: his authority wasn't their authority. When they said something, they had to go back to the Mishnah and the Torah, and the, well, not the Torah. They didn't pay any attention to the Bible. Uh, they went back to their commentaries. Uh, they went to the Mishnah and they went to the Talmuds and they went to the tractates in the Talmuds and they could quote. Rabbi Ben so-and-so and, and Rabbi Ben Ben the son of the son of so-and-so. And, and that, that was their authority. And Jesus said, you tell me where John's baptism came from. If you'll tell me where John's baptism came from, did it come from heaven or was it just an invention of men? I'll answer your question. They said... Uh, If we say of heaven, he's got us because we refuse to believe John's baptism. If we say of men, all these thousands of people out here are going to stone us to death because they know John's a prophet. He said, we can't answer you. Jesus said, well, if you can't answer me, let me ask you one more question. If David said... The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. He said, how is he then David's son? Because the word Lord means master. God said to David's Lord, sit thou here on my right hand. And it said, if the Messiah is David's Lord, then how in the world is He David's son and subservient to David? Well, the answer is real easy. Amen. God in human flesh, a physical descendant of David, but as God, He is David's Lord. Amen. It's just simple. You just have to put it together. Bible way. Amen? And we read through the rest of this psalm. It said, And the Lord shall send the rod of His strength out of Zion. R- Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. We'll wait till chapters five and seven when we talk about Melchizedek again. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through the kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the palaces, the places. I'm sorry. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. It is talking about the total victory and authority of the one to whom the Lord said, sit here on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The writer of Hebrews said, to whom was the psalmist talking? Did he give this authority unto the angels? It's interesting, we have religions that want to give that kind of authority unto human beings. They want to elevate different men to a level of worship. I think I told the story one time we were uh, down in Jamaica looking for Brother uh, Dice, a building several years ago when he was starting out down there. And... Uh, We ran into the rabbi that sold us this building. He said, hey, there's a synagogue right down here that uh, somebody else bought. Maybe you can rent space from them. And they had turned it into a Hindu temple. Walked in that place, and it felt creepy. You ever been somewhere where you just, Went into the main part, and they had one of those, uh, it was a like a statue, but it was painted uh, with the eight arms, you know, or Vishnu, I think it is, all the different arms. And then they cut the head off of it, and they took a man's face that was painted on some type of something, and they literally pasted it behind that statue, and that was the head of the statue. It was, it was in and of itself grotesque. But, I mean, it just really made you feel weird. And uh, he saw us, the the guy who was giving us the tour, saw us looking at this thing cross-eyed. Because, of course, I mean, what are we Baptists going to do when we see something weird like that? I mean, that was was really weird. And uh, he said, that is our leader. He lived in such and such a time, died, I think, in 1921... And he is the man we worship. How many of you remember the beetles? Remember the beetles? I'm not talking about the bugs. I'm talking about the ones that's worse than the bugs. I mean, the bugs, you can get out the insecticide and spray them away, but these beetles, they just keep coming back to haunt you, don't they? Uh, They sang a song. You know, everybody said, oh, they're just nice little Christian boys. Remember their song, He is Lord? Uh, they were singing that song to Hare Krishna, which you transliterate is the Christ. And they had some guy over in India that they were worshiping. There are many religions that worship angels, little gods, big gods, human beings that have been elevated to some type of deity. All false religion. Because there can only be one supreme being. By definition, there can only be one God. You can't have two of the same thing, because God is the source of everything. Uh, I mean, when when we talk about the origins of the universe we got to go to one of two things either there is an eternal God from which all things came from but let's just for a moment say we don't believe in God well what do you believe in now being sarcastic the way I am I mean you believe in dirt you really do because everything that now is had to come from somewhere now, didn't it? Well, we believe in the Big Bang. Well, do you really? I believe in the Big Bang too. God said it and it banged. There it was. Amen? Uh, That's my definition of the Big Bang. But where did all that stuff come from? Do you ever stop and think of how much matter is in the universe? You can take how many times is Jupiter bigger than the planet Earth? It's hundreds of times. I mean, I, I remember seeing a picture in, in grade school and, and it had Jupiter as a gumball machine and Earth as little, uh, little Earths all inside of it and it looked just like a gumball machine. There's enough room for a lot of Earths to stuff inside of Jupiter uh, because it is multiplied times the size of Earth. Where did all that stuff come from? You either got to believe in an eternal God or you got to believe in eternal dirt. One of the two. I'll I'll choose God. Amen. It's got to have come from somewhere. And life only comes from God. Amen. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. We see Jesus compared to the angels. And you know what we find? No comparison. And yet, we have all kinds of people who are trying to be good enough to earn their way to heaven. The definition of getting into heaven, the definition of good is there is only one good. That is God. Remember the rich young ruler? That's what Jesus told him. He said, why do you call me good master? He said, there is only one good and that's God and you'll never and you'll notice the rich young ruler never called Jesus good again because he didn't believe he was God. But the blind man John chapter 9 he said, "Who is he, Lord?" And Jesus said, "It is he that speaketh with thee." And it says he fell down and he worshiped him. That's the difference between true religion and false religion. Amen. Now, let's see if we can get through this next one here. We are going to have Jesus being compared to God Himself. And you say, now, how can you do that? Because Jesus is God. Well, uh, here's what it says, verse 8. But unto the Son He saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of Thy kingdom, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Let's just well let's stop there. Let's go to Psalm forty five. And in Psalm forty five we'll find these exact words quoted. These are the words of God in Psalm forty five and Uh, I wish we had time to just read the whole thing tonight. But uh, let's start in verse 1. It says, My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Look at verse 6. Thy throne, O God is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Look at verse 8. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces, whereby... They have made thee glad. Somebody wrote a song. Uh, The marshals sang it and recorded it on one of their tapes. Out of the Ivory Palaces. A beautiful old hymn. And I'm not going to do it injustice by trying to hum the words to you here tonight. But a beautiful hymn. and And it comes from this psalm, Psalm 45, which is quoted by the writer of the book of Hebrews, as he is comparing Jesus Christ with God the Father. And as God the Father refers to the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. He is telling us God the Father and God the Son are the same being. There's no other explanation for those words. You have to change the meaning of those words in Hebrews chapter 1. And God is identifying Himself as God the Father and God the Son. You know, there, there are religions. Um, the old Congregationalist back in the colonial days... Some of the, uh, uh, we, we have the great awakening which really prepared the hearts of the American people just before uh, the fighting of the American Revolution. And, and you had men like Jonathan Edwards, their descendants got so educated that they ceased being Congregationalists and became Unitarians. Uh, they got so caught up in the unity of God that they said, there is no Father and Son and Holy Ghost. There is only one God, and we worship Him. Well, there is only one God, but He's just a mite bigger than you can figure out. Amen? And if you want to try to figure Him out, then you're going to enter into the realm of, of apostasy, as they did, You couldn't get saved in a Unitarian church if you went in there and asked them how because they don't know. It's not part, has not been part for hundreds of years at this point. I think the 1820s and 30s with the death of Charles Finney uh, was the last person in that organization that was really trying to help people understand the difference of the gospel. You go to a church... And they talk about, you have, uh, they called the Jesus-only people. Right here it says the Son has a God, who refers to the Son as God. And the only way we can understand that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, so you get somebody messing around with the deity of Jesus Christ, you've got a false religion in your hand, just like you have somebody comparing Jesus to an angel or comparing the words of some angel to the words of Jesus Christ. You've got problems there in these religions. And it says that uh, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Boy. Talk about the ministry of Jesus Christ. Could we just review it quickly? One of the first things Jesus did as he began his public ministry in in the city of Jerusalem was to go into the temple and kick out all the money changers. What were the disciples? As I believe it was Matthew was recording this afterwards, he said, the zeal of thine house has eaten thee up. Jesus hated. You know, that's one of our problems with Christianity today is we do not hate sin. Hate is a bad word. You're not supposed to hate anything. Oh well, I beg to differ. There are there are some things you're supposed to hate. And you do a whole lot better. Uh, your life would be a whole lot better if you didn't love sin so much. Amen? Amen. I mean, we would, we would have a, a, just a, a lot closer relationship with God if we didn't love the things that God hated. You want to know how much God hated sin? Study Calvary. That's how much God hated sin. It will take you forever in a place called hell to do what Jesus did one afternoon on Calvary. He finished it. As a human being, you're never capable of finishing it. God hates sin. And the sin he hates the most, read the book of Revelation, the letters to the churches. He's talking about those that brought false religion right into Jesus' church. He said, you suffer that woman Jezebel to teach in the church and seduce my servants. He said, and to the rest that have not known the depths of Satan. You know where the devil does his best work? It's in a suit and tie on Sunday morning in church. It's not in the nightclubs. It's not in the dens of iniquity. It's not in the bars and the pubs. It's through this thing called false religion when we take men and human beings and angels and we denigrate the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can lift them up. Thy throne, O God. By the way, there's no substitute for Jesus Christ. He has not given one ounce of His power to any man or any being or any organization. You want to study the church? It says He's the head, amen? And by the way, if somebody else is the head, how can Jesus be the head? It doesn't work that way. That's why we're not a denominational church. Every member of this church has responsibility to work and strive together that we as a church may do the things that our Lord, our head, wants us to do as His church. We've got that responsibility. And we're not going to give it away to anybody else because then we wouldn't be His church, amen? And so we we look here and um, if you can hang on for five minutes, we'll finish chapter one tonight. We'll, we'll cover more ground tonight than we ever have. Um, look at chapter verse 9, it says, I mean, verse 10, it says, "...and thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands." They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture, shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Just a few moments here. We are comparing Jesus to the creation. That is the last root of false religion. We have people worshiping the sun, the moon, the trees. Oh, God is everywhere and in everything. Well, uh, there is a slight truth to that. But don't go out and hug trees and think you're worshiping God because He created the trees. Amen? Don't go out and think that this world that God created is so fragile. I mean, I could just give ridiculous... Example after ridiculous example of people who thought they were saving the environment. Now, I'm not for pollution, but let me tell you something. God made this world, and when He's done with it, He's going to fold it up like you do your old socks and put it away. Read the book of Revelation it says the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. When he's done with it, it's done. The exhaust from your car is not going to destroy the planet God had made. Now, I'm for clean cars, but I'm not a believer in this fragile ecosystem because man cannot do anything that God's not going to let him do and God's already told us what he's going to do with this earth and man has no part in that so don't worry about it, amen don't get caught up in worshiping the creation and ignoring the creator because Jesus is going to be here long after the trees are all gone. Jesus is still going to be here long after the mountains have been thrown away. When God folds this whole universe up. I mean, could you just get the picture here? It says, it says uh, uh, they shall wax old as doth a garment. Guys, have you ever thrown away an old suit? I don't know about you, but I, got a little, I don't throw away suits very often. When they get old, I mean, uh, somebody said, you ought to give those things to the goodwill. Uh, when I'm done with it, the goodwill doesn't want it. Uh, it it's too far gone. Uh, I'll tell you the worst thing, though, is shoes. Guys, you ever have a pair of shoes? I mean, w- ladies, you get dozens and dozens of pairs of shoes, and you never wear any of them out. You just get tired of them and stuff them in the closet until they come back into style. Uh, guys, we get one pair of shoes we like. And we wear them, and we wear them, and we take them, and we get them resold. I had one pair of shoes I had resold eleven times, and finally the top wore out. There's nothing left to sew a new sole to. I kept them in the closet for years. Finally, I had to throw them away. You know, you got just imagine God. He's looking at this universe. It's getting old. Time's not yet. Finally, after the battle of Armageddon and all of those things, after the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ, after the earth has experienced the greatness of the glory of God, God's going to say, it's worn out. Let's get a new one. Fold it up. Put it in the box it came in. Tie it up and set it on the curb. I wonder if the garbage man's going to take that away, huh? But that's the picture that is here you want to understand the greatness of God I don't know if anybody remembers we sent a um, one of those little space things to Titan a planet a moon that orbits around Saturn and we landed a probe on the surface of Titan which sent us back information Uh, you know what we found out about that it's cold out there the water that runs on the surface of that moon is not water, it's methane. Liquid methane at 285 degrees below zero. Methane runs like water. I don't remember the exact time, but I believe it was somewhere around 17 years. We launched that little probe and it just plodded through space until it got into firing position and landed on that planet, on that moon orbiting around Saturn. That's a pretty incredible accomplishment, isn't it? But when God's done, He's going to take Pluto, fold it over Jupiter, take the sun, fold it the other way, put the Milky Way and just fold the whole thing up into a little box, and it's going to be gone. The elements are going to melt with a fervent heat, the Bible tells us. It says, they shall be changed. But thou art the same. Thy years shall not fail. You can worship the angels if you want, my friend. You can pretend that Jesus is some kind of created being and not God himself. You can worship the creation if you so desire. But if you want to know what God's about, You're going to have to meet and learn about this person called Jesus Christ because He is God. And He is the greatest revelation that God has given to man. And yet there are those that will reject Him. Let's not be among that number. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the wonder that is here. Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes to see the trademarks of false religion. And Lord, that we would worship and honor your Son, the greatest revelation to us as human beings. Lord, we ask that our church would be faithful to your word. We ask that our lives would reflect the love of Jesus Christ each day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll take just a moment to have Joya come and play a verse of a hymn on the piano. And if you need to come and pray, we'll give you that opportunity.